What up, everyone? Thank you so much for joining us for the JY message of the week. It's going to be a rad time in the presence of God. We hope that you get everything that he has for you. And now let's jump into the message. Really excited to be here with you guys tonight. I think it's going to be a good night. Even though there's a few amount of us in this room, do not let that distract from what God is doing in this room. Amen. Do not let that distract from what God is trying to get to you tonight. Amen. It's going to be a good time. I don't know how many of you guys were here last week, but last week when we were together, we spoke as a big group, JY and Senior High were together. We talked about getting more out of 2022. So the basic principle of what we walked away with that message is that we need to establish within ourselves as for a fact that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If we settle that in our hearts right now, if we say, you know what, I believe this to be a fact that his way is better than my way, then we are going to get more out of 2022. And not even just 2022, I believe that we will get more out of our life if we choose to always approach every opportunity, every circumstance, every situation with the fact that he is the way. Amen. Jesus is the way that leads you to the truth and that truth will lead you to life. So if we always keep that in the forefront of our mind and we keep that within our hearts and we meditate on those things, then we know that we're gonna be all right, amen? But after that message, after that, that uh, you know, I, I started thinking, I started praying, I started asking God, what are we gonna do this week? What are we supposed to do now? Like, what is the next thing that we gotta talk about? And one thing, this is kind of like a, a jump off of that, but you know, you don't really have to have been here last week to understand this message tonight. But what I really feel like now is like, we need to understand why. why. Why we are able to access the way that is Jesus Christ. Like, why are we eligible to walk alongside him? Why do we get to experience his goodness? Like, what about, like, what about us makes us available to receive from him? And so that's what we're gonna be talking about tonight. Why me? Why, why do we get more? Why are we able to have more? So if, with that kind of thought in mind and that, 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 that kind of... Uh, going forward, I want you to be thinking that. Why me? Why me? What, what, what about me makes me eligible for that? We're going to find that out together tonight. Amen? So over the book of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. I know it's a lot of scripture, but don't worry. We're going to get there. It's going to be a good time. All right. It said, afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethsaida with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lie on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time. He asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to pull me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. So a little bit of context here. They all believed that in this pool of Bethsaida that there'd be uh, an angel that would come down and stir the waters. And when the stirring of the waters happened, the first person to get into the pool would get healed. So it was kind of like a race to the finish line thing. Like, there would be like a mad dash to the pool. And so he said, um, someone always gets there ahead of me. So Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. That wasn't really the law, by the way. That was a tradition of men is that, anyway, so we don't really have time to go into that, but that's essentially what happened there. So, but he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd, but afterward, 
Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you're well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. The man went and told the Jewish leaders it was Jesus who had healed him. So if you guys just bow your heads in prayer, I wanna get our hearts ready to receive tonight's message. Father God, I thank you for meeting us here tonight. I thank you as we have these moments together, these few minutes that we have with one another, that you prepare our hearts to receive this word. Why us? Why me? Why, why do I get to experience the goodness and the grace and the awesomeness that is God? And I thank you that you're revealing that to us in this time. In your name that we pray, amen. How many of you guys know what, let me get it out. I got technical difficulties here. How many of you guys know what this is? A driver's license. How many of you guys have a driver's license? Well, that is how you get one. I was saying, does anyone in the room have one? I didn't think so. Because most of you, I believe all of you, are in junior high, so you probably wouldn't have a driver's license. But I remember when I was in your situations, when I was in your shoes at this age, I could not wait to get a driver's license. I could not wait until the day that I'd be able to drive myself places. Because right now, when you want to go somewhere, what do you got to do? You got to walk ask. Yes, someone, please take me. Take me to where I want to go. You were so limited in what you could do. And if you, uh, you know, if someone wasn't there, you'd had to do everything in your own strength to be able to go there, right? But one day, there will come a time after some studying and some practicing and some testing and hopefully some passing, and you will receive a driver's license. And then, you'll be able to go places that you've always wanted to go. You will not be limited to the very location of your own household. You'll not be very limited in your current state of being because you can go where you want to go, assuming your parents are cool with you going wherever you want to go, with their permission, of course. So I was thinking about it, and it's kind of like, I was thinking about, you know, before I had my driver's license, it was like, man, I can't do anything. Nothing fun happens. I can't go anywhere. I'm not able to do what I want to do. I'm not able to go where I want to go. But then, you know, I had to rely on my friends. I had to rely on my parents, all that kind of stuff. And it just wasn't the way that I wanted it to be. When I got my driver's license, man, I drove everywhere just to drive sometimes, just because I could, you know. I, I drove all over the place just because I could. Now gas is way too expensive just to drive for fun. Because back in my day, gas was only $1.50 at best, at best. No, I really, I don't think it ever really got that low. But I don't think it ever got that low. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I just remember like, you know, when I was a kid, they'd be like, gas used to be a quarter a gallon. And we'd all just pack our quarters together and go. And I'm just like, what? Quarter a gallon? That's insane. But anyway, so I, I move on. I digress. But I brought up the license because I feel like without the license, we were limited. But now with a license, it feels limitless. And so like right now, as a person without your license, you probably feel like you don't really have much options as to what you can do with your day-to-day -day basic. But once you have your license, you're gonna have a lot more freedom. You're gonna be able to experience life in such a different way, experience all the new things on your own, willing and accord. And it's gonna be wonderful and it's gonna be awesome. But what I wanna relate that to is what Jesus did for this man. It's something that I feel like he has done, well, I feel like he has done for all of us. In some way, some shape, or form, we have all been like this paralyzed man who have been hopeless or lost or broken or confused or just stuck in situations that maybe we not want to be in. And a lot of times we relied on our own strength to get us out of it, or we relied on other people to lead us out of it, to, to get us to the pool, and because we weren't strong enough to do it in our own strength. 
But then we have an encounter with Jesus. And he says, look, you don't have to wait for someone to get you in the pool. You don't have to crawl to the pool. You don't have to save yourself because you can never save yourself. Jesus said, I I am the way, I am the truth, I, I'm, the re- I'm going to help you right now. And he told that man, just stand up, get your mat and go. And that's what that man did. And similar to us, he, he says that we don't have to sit around waiting anymore. I'm here, Jesus, to give you right, righteousness, to give you a right standing relationship with me to where you're not limited to doing things in your own strength anymore because now I am on your side. And this gift of righteousness allows us to walk in the way of Jesus Christ. This gift of righteousness gives us the right to walk with him, to choose his path, to choose his calling, to choose his will over our own. I think it's so interesting because, you know, after he got healed, the, the, the dudes, the Pharisees, the other guys, they were like, hey, who told you you could get up and walk with your mat right now? What are you doing right now? And they're like, he's just like, I don't know, man. I just got healed. Like this dude just came up to me and he, he healed my, and I was able to walk. I didn't really care. You know, it's whatever. And they're just like, you can't be doing that right now. The law says this, the law says that. The world says a lot of things that we're not supposed to be able to do. But Jesus has given us the right and the authority to walk in the ways of him. Over in Ephesians 2.10, it says that we've been created anew. We've been made a masterpiece in his eyes. Things that were of us in the old no longer matter anymore. And what's also crazy is that since we are new creatures, we now live in a new state of being, in a new spiritual level. We live in a way that the world does not live in. And there's going to be people that are upset with the way that you're living because they're not under, they don't understand that why you are walking in such confidence. Why are you so happy all the time? You can't be happy all the time. There's COVID out there. Why are you so happy all the time? Why are you praising God in a time like this? Why? Blah, blah, blah. Why, why, why? And then you just be like, because I got Jesus, man. It says over in 1 Peter 5, 8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, the enemy or the world, they're, they're going to try to intimidate you, maybe not even intentionally. You know, sometimes it's just people that you might consider friends that, like, the things that they might say to you might try to intimidate you to not be bold in your faith, to not walk in your righteousness, to, to, to stoop down to the world's level and do things their way. But it says, stay alert. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers is all going through the same kind of suffering you are. Meaning at some point in our faith, we have to realize that we can't live like the world lives. We can't listen to their law. Now, I'm not saying not listen to the laws of man in the sense of like, you shouldn't obey the speed limits because you live by a new law now. No, I mean like (laughs) you don't live out the world's way anymore. We don't live out the world's way of doing things anymore. We don't have condemnation anymore. We don't have to sit in guilt and shame and meditate on those things like the world does. The world says, you should feel bad. You should feel awful because you did this and you did that. And yeah, maybe you did do that and maybe you did do this, but Jesus says, I've forgiven you and you can walk with your head held high. 
yes, what you did was bad, and yes, what you did was wrong, and maybe it hurt somebody, but Jesus says, we can fix this. We can walk together in forgiveness. We can walk together in restoration. We can walk together in our righteous position. 1 John 4, 4 through 6, it says, Little children, you are far you are far, I'm sorry, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is greater than, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth, not the spirit of error. We know God, He lives within us. We're meant to, to get our teaching and get our leading from the word that is Jesus Christ. You know, it says over in the book of John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning, the word was God and the word was with God. They're all, you know, all that cool word stuff. I don't remember exactly what it says from verbatim. Miller might be able to pop it up for you. But essentially, Jesus is the way and Jesus is the word and Jesus is the truth. And he, he's all these things intertwined in one. So when we don't know what words to be listening to and we say, well, we're supposed to follow the way of Jesus, then we're supposed to, Live by the word standard, not by the world standard. The word is meant to keep us. The word is meant to protect us. The word is meant to transform us. Romans 12, 2 ESV, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, at the end of that account, it is so interesting that after all that, after the man was healed and he just basically told the dude, like, I don't know who that guy was. I'm not really sure what happened. He just healed me and I went on my way. You know, no big deal. I'm just going to take my mat back home because I don't want to leave it here anymore because I paid for this mat. It's my mat. I'm not going to leave it at the pool. I can go back home now because I'm healed and I can actually walk. You know, he's just living his life because he's like, I'm made new, man. I got legs. I'm going to go do my own thing now. I'm not living it anymore. I'm going to go do this. But anyway, you know, he was off doing the temple thing. I'm not really sure. It doesn't say what he was doing there. But Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now that you're well, stop sinning. Something even worse may happen to you. Now, the stop sinning thing at a glance, just like, it just seems like, no, stop sinning. You know, like, ah, but what I really believe Jesus is saying here is you're well now because you know the truth. You've encountered me. So live in this. Live in this righteous position that, I, that I've given you. Don't, don't live in righteousness, but also kind of live with one foot in the world and one foot in me. Because you, your, your, your full trust needs to be in Jesus and Jesus alone. So, so nothing does happen to you. Jesus wants to keep you protected and safe and prosperous and walking in abundance like he died to give us. But if our trust is in other things that's not Jesus, he says, all right, well, I mean, you don't have to live in your righteous position if you don't want to. Nothing can change your righteous position. You are made righteous and that's the end of it. Once you accept Jesus Christ, there is there, there, is there now for no condemnation. There's nothing you can do that can remove your righteous position but you can act unrighteous and you can do unrighteous things and you can get yourself in sticky situations. <laughs> but that's your choice. 
And I hope that you don't choose to do that. I'm just saying that, that that's what Jesus is saying right now is that you now know the truth. You've encountered me. You've encountered the Father. You've encountered God. I've healed you. I've restored you. I've made you into something that you were not for 38 years. Walk in this truth. You have the authority and the right to now walk in this. So don't walk in another way. Walk in the way of Jesus. Your righteous position is what enables you to walk in the way of Christ. I'm going to read it again over in Romans 12, 2. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You got to renew yourself daily. I mean, how many times do you think that that guy woke up after being healed by Jesus and he woke up and he's like, I can walk again. You know what I mean? Like he woke up and he's like, I'm not paralyzed. I'm not paralyzed. And every single day he woke up, I'm not paralyzed. At the end of the night, I'm not like every, he's constantly telling himself, I'm not paralyzed anymore. And how many people do you think he told, I'm not paralyzed anymore. Renewing your mind is meditating on what Jesus calls you and meditating into the word of God. But some of the things that you can start with is Ephesians 2.10, that you are made anew. You are made something that you were never before. 38 years, that man was a paralyzed dude. And he was in an instant created into a normal functioning human being. I know none of you guys are 38 years, but, but maybe some of you have been walking with God for all of your life. And that's amazing. That's awesome. But there are still some things that probably we can, you know, shore up on and whatnot, but to better walk in our righteousness and, and, and really grab a hold of that identity for our life. One day, not living in the righteous position is enough to, to not want to go back to me. You know what I'm saying? Like we need to, to constantly strive the righteous life, strive for the righteous life, to identify with the righteous life so we can walk in abundance. That's who he is. That's what he wants for us. That's what he wants for you. You're a masterpiece. It says, little children, you are from God in 1 John 4. Whoever knows God listens to us. We know the spirit of truth, not the spirit of error. I'm, I'm like jumping around in this verse right now, but it's just all so good. It's things to pull out. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. What God did for him, he's going to do for you. What God does for me, he's gonna do for you. It might look different in every situation, but you are no longer limited to your old identity. You have endless opportunity in your righteous identity. Amen. I wanna pray for you guys real fast. Father God, I just thank you so much for every single person in this room tonight. I thank you that you're equipping us with this knowledge and this truth that we are righteous that enables us to walk in the way of Jesus Christ. We don't have to, think about what we've done or what we said. Nothing negates our righteousness. It's a free gift that we have to assume for ourselves through the works of Jesus Christ. We have to grab a hold of it by faith, just the same way that we accept him as our Lord and Savior. It's ours. And it's like our driver's license. It gives us the right and the privilege and the freedom to walk in your blessings, in your peace, 
in your hope and in confidence. We thank you for our righteous position, God. And for every single person in this room tonight, Lord, I, I just thank you that you're revealing to them right now how important it is that they live out of that righteous position. That there's protection as a righteous being. There's security as a righteous person. There's peace. There's love and acceptance. I pray that every heart in this room is receptive to that word tonight, God. Teach us and grow us in our righteousness. Help us grab a hold of that truth for ourselves so we can walk boldly in your name and do what you've asked us to do in this life. I thank you as, the, as we leave these walls tonight, that we leave with a new mindset, a renewed mindset of who we are. In your name we pray, amen. Once again, I'm so glad that you joined us for the message of the week here at JY. I hope that you're encouraged in the word today. Be sure to follow us at We Are Ablaze, and we'll see you next time.